Activia offers a range of yogurts which are a delicious way to look after your gut health. From the fruit range with carefully selected ingredients to no added sugar and 0% fat offering, as well as a cereals range, there's an Activia for everyone. Made with a unique blend of five ferments creating an irresistibly creamy texture, each pot of Activia is a source of calcium, making it the perfect addition to your daily routine. Activia helps support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Welcome to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. Folks, it's back by popular demand. The fitness questions that everybody wants to know. We recorded an episode like this a couple of weeks ago and we had huge numbers. It was our second most popular podcast so far in the series with over 24,000 listens. And thank you so much for tuning in. When we post it on Instagram, I get a huge response to the stories as well when we do a Q&A on stories on Instagram. So on today's episode, it's the five fitness questions that everyone wants to know, volume to. As ever, you can send your questions into us at any stage for the, at the Real Health Podcast. It's realhealth at independence.ie or hashtag realhealthpodcast on Twitter and on Instagram. And no question is too silly. Don't you worry. We won't make them public. We just make a note of them and uh, I get back to them if and whenever I can. Okay, that's enough about it. Let's get started. I've got five brilliant questions lined up for today. The first one, something I get asked all the time. Even when I'm at weddings, at functions, people ask me this question, and it's very simple. Are diet foods or fat-free foods actually healthy, and should I be buying them? Pretty simple. I'm not a dietitian. I work with lots of them, uh, and the answer is no. Diet foods are generally higher in preservatives, higher in additives. They're higher in the quantity of ingredients in that product. It's normally more man-made, more manufactured, and is it better for you than the real version of the product? In my opinion, it's a definite no. Diet, fat-free, put them back. One of the key things, I think, for a healthy diet and eating healthily, and not just for weight loss, but just for genuine health, is eating real foods and real products. Uh, Simple examples of that would be a yogurt, and a diet yogurt, and a fat-free yogurt. If you bump into me in my food shop, you will see that our trolley is full of real yogurt, well, Greek or Greek-style yogurt. Um, Diet ones, again, look at the sugar content. Look at the the quantity of ingredients going into that product. They're generally far higher. And that's even more um, true when it comes to diet meals or diet-ready meals, which is even worse. Have a look at the ingredients. Be an educated consumer. So whatever goes into your shopping trolley, have a look at it. Um, Flip it around. Look at the food uh, ingredients. Look on the back of that label. Foods with lots of ingredients, lots of things with O-S-E uh, after it. So they tend, to, they, they tend to be sugars. Obviously, fructose is a natural sugar. Lactose is a natural sugar that's found in milk. But uh, a lot of the oses are sugars. But look at the quantity of ingredients, the quantity of preservatives and additives that make that product. Have a look and the nutrient value. So you'll see calories, you'll see protein, you'll see carbohydrates. Under carbohydrates, you'll see of which sugars. And in my opinion, you should get the number as low as you possibly can. That's a way of explaining the, the glycemic diet in a very, very simple way. Have a look at the sugar content and try and get products that are low. Real foods, 
have a look at the labels. You'll find the sugar content is generally very, very low as well. There are exceptions, obviously dairy being one, juices and fruits being, being another. But diet foods, diet products, diet industry, it's exactly that. It's an industry built around buying these products. In my opinion, they're not particularly healthy. They may be calorie controlled in terms of the calories that actually go into them. You may lose weight that way. But no, don't buy them. Put them back on the shelf. If you're going to have a, a can of fizzy drink, have the very best version of that product. So don't go for the diet. Don't go for any other version of it. If you're going to have it, have the main version because trust me, it's much better for you. Have it in moderation and you'll find that it's a, it's a better product and it's better for you. That's the key thing. All of my clients, that's what we recommend to them when they come in. It's one of the reasons that they do so well. We don't do fad diets or quick fixes or gimmicks or diet products. We go for real foods that you have to prepare, that you have to cook, that have a very short shelf life, that have real ingredients on the ingredients list. And if you've listened to the podcast over the last 19 episodes or so, you'll certainly know at this stage that that's very much our approach when it comes to health. So diet, no. Put it back. That's the answer. Try it out for this week and see how you go. And do remember, be that educated consumer. Have a look at the label. See what you're buying. For the first food shop, it takes a little bit longer. But when you get used to it, get used to comparing the products and go for the ones with the least sugar content and that lives just under the carbohydrate uh, on the uh, on the nutritional information. Okay, that makes sense? Hope so. Next one. I got about 10 questions uh, of this last week up on my Insta stories. Um, what should I do post-pregnancy? How soon can I go back exercising? And what's the best exercise to get my pre-pregnancy body back? I would say that fast, pre-pregnancy body back. Um, First and foremost, everyone is different. There's no one answer for this question. We always recommend all of our clients and all your advice in terms of the questions is that you go to your GP and get your GP to sign you off. That's really, really important. A standard time frame tends to be anything from 8 to 12 weeks. That would be normal. For some people, it's longer, and some people, it's less. One of the key things is being fit during pregnancy and doing exercise during pregnancy. The fitter you are during your pregnancy, generally the better the pregnancy will be, the healthier and the less uh, risks during the pregnancy, but also the quicker your pregnancy body will bounce back to your pre-pregnancy body. Why? Pretty simple. You're maintaining lean muscle mass uh, as much as you can during your pregnancy. You're keeping your body fat levels down uh, as well. And generally, you'll keep your weight down a little bit more. It's a very topical area. It's been all over the papers um, for the last couple of weeks. There was a medic who came out, who I will not mention, uh, who had a very strong opinion about mothers and pregnancy. The key thing is, look, stay healthy. Do what you can and do it for you. In terms of post-pregnancy, if you are fit going through your pregnancy, you will bounce back quicker and you can train quicker afterwards as well. That's important. What exercise should you do? Well, it's not a whole lot different to any other time of the year in terms of po- you know getting back into exercise. You should mix it. So cardiovascular, um, walking, perfect we love love walking um running mm, not so much maybe ease into the walking first uh and then just build it back up in terms of your pace in terms of your effort levels your body's gone through a huge amount of of trauma so you have to ease back into it and you'll know yourself use your talk test point get slightly out of breath that's where the benefits kick in and start slowly and build it up that's important then resistance work hugely important again check this with your gp have you had complications during your pregnancy you might need to go to a pregnancy specialist or post-pregnancy specialist in terms of exercise there are trainers who specialize in that we have one uh, who works with us in the gym and 
sometimes it can be really important to go to someone who's a specialist uh, in post-pregnancy if there are complications. But the key thing there is, look, resistance training is really important. So it's lifting a weight. As ever, we are all weights. There are companies out there who do exercises using your baby as a weight, and that's kind of cool too. That's, you know, I've seen it done. It's a really good little workout, actually. It's great. Um, Lifting any form of weight will put the body under stress. It'll increase your lean tissue mass, help your metabolism. Um, it'll help get the tone and the shape and the, get your body back quite quickly. But a lot of people are scared of it. So resistance is important. Cardiovascular is important. And then yoga, Pilates, they can be really nice too. They're good for flexibility. They're good for the body. And they're also really good for the mind. They can help you unwind. It's a crazy time when you just had a child. It's really busy. Having an hour put aside for you is really, really important. For your own mind, um, for the for your, your family, for your friends, just having the time to yourself and filling it with exercise in any way, shape, or form is really, really crucial. As ever, you'll know why that endorphin kick that you get from exercise is, you know, it's addictive. You re- it's really good for the body and the mind, and you feel good and you have a clear mind. So, some form of exercise is crucial. So, let's just recap that. Very simple: GP sign off post pregnancy before exercise. That's important. Start slow. That's important. And trying to get some different forms of exercise in cardiovascular resistance and then your stretching based exercises too and just mix it up and one of the nice things to do if you feel like it it's really good for motivation post-pregnancy is pick an event or pick a goal to aim for get some friends around you aim for a 5k park run they're free they're amazing aim for you know one of the runs around ireland if you're listening in now i i have a, a run in cork an amazing uh, on the on the airport in november come join us that'll be a perfect goal for you but just find an event find a race to work towards to get a couple of friends around and make it your 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 thing to train for because having that event is a really good way of staying healthy getting your food back on track and getting your your body back on track after the pregnancy so simple okay question number 3 this is so common. The last six months, again, it's something we see all the time. And I thought it's important to bring it up on the Real Health Podcast today. Um, intermittent fasting. Is it healthy? Is it good for you? What is it? Should I be doing it? Okay, so this is very... Every year there's a trend uh, when it comes to health. There's something new, something trendy, something promising, amazing results. And it's incredible and it's fabulous. Intermittent fasting is very much that uh, over the course of the last kind of 12 to 18 months. It's nothing new. It's been around for thousands and thousands of years. Um, it's it's not new whatsoever, but it, it, it's being sold as this new product. Basically what it is, is allowing your body different time frames for fasting and for not eating. That's what it is. It's just not eating for a certain period of time. I have seen trainers, I don't particularly agree with, but I have seen trainers um, recommending a four-hour time frame that you eat all your meals within, and then you're fasting for the rest of the day. Some recommend six hours, some recommend eight hours. It's a tough one because of the fact that, A, it is really good for you. It's good for your body. It, it can digest the food. It can process the food. It can improve its metabolic rate. Um, but eating within a four-hour time frame out of a 24-hour day is very, very, very difficult. And I think there is an obsessive component to your fitness if it's something that you can manage because it's so hard to do. We recommend to our clients um, a version of this we always have. It's, it's eating within a 12-hour window. So we get our clients to have their meals within 12 hours. Uh, when you have your breakfast, if you have your breakfast at 7 o'clock in the morning, aim to have your dinner before 7 o'clock at night. How easy is that? And all that's going on there is you're allowing yourself half of your day to digest your food and process your food. And it also stops you from snacking. Now, I know you're listening in and I know you're snacking at night, watching TV. Everyone does. The whole country does it. But those calories add up during the week. They really, especially before, towards the end of the week, when it becomes snacking plus a glass of wine. 
with the deli. Never good. So by having that time frame, that window to eat your food in and to digest your food in, you're cutting a lot of that snacking out. And that 12-hour window is a healthy, normal time frame to get your food in. If breakfast is, like myself, if it's 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock, whatever it is, you've got 12 hours to try and get all your meals in. Um, breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner. Again, if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll know that's how we recommend our, our clients to eat. So my goal or my tip for you for the next, um, between now and the next uh, the next show is try it. Give yourself 12 hours tomorrow. Or if you're on the way into work listening to the podcast, give yourself 12 hours today. Whatever time you had your breakfast, finish it, finish your food and take 12 hours later. And that is a healthy, normal form of intermittent fasting. Um, again, the four, the six, they can be done. Of course they can, but you need to be in a certain frame of mind to do it. And on the Real Health Podcast, one of our things is long-term health. We give it sensible advice, advice that works, that's tried, tested, and comes from experience. And I can't sit here and recommend a four or a six-hour time frame because, to be honest, I don't believe it and I don't think it's healthy. So 12, try it, see how you go between now and the next podcast. As ever, you can let us know. It's realhealthpodcast at independent.ie or hashtag realhealthpodcast. Okay, folks, getting on to question four. You're listening to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. On today's episode, it's the five questions that everyone wants to know, volume two, backed by popular demand. Um, let's keep it going. We've three questions down so far. Are diet foods actually healthy for you? Post-pregnancy, how soon can I exercise and what can I do? And intermittent fasting. Try some of those tips that I've given you. See how you go. And we're going to keep going. Um, this is something, this is one of the favorite questions to get. It genuinely, genuinely is. Um, and it generally goes on something like this. I'm scared to start exercising. I'm scared to try and get healthy because I'm so unfit. I'm so overweight. I'm scared. What do I do and how do I start? And that's my favorite question for lots of reasons. One is the fact that we're all scared of something. Uh, getting healthy for people can be scary because they're coming from such a low baseline. But the reality is you have the greatest chance of change. You have the greatest chance to improve your body, improve your, improve your health, improve your mindset because you're coming from the lowest base. You're going to see changes so, so quickly. So first and foremost, what do you do and how do you start? Okay, first thing here is don't do um, the January quick fix solution. That's the first thing. Don't go near any fad diet, any fad diet book, any liquid diet, and liquid diet should be just banned and fined. They're atrociously bad for you, so do not go near them unless you, you have a consultant who has put you on them. Um, you start by making small steps. And if you know me, you follow me online, you know I'm one for lists. <laughs> Our Sunday lists are very popular. Um, so make a list. What are your goals? Why do you want to do it? What's the reason for it? I want your top five. Get a pen and paper. Give me your five top goals and your five top reasons for wanting to get healthy. They can be anything. They can be holiday. They can be I can't fit into my jeans or my dress. They can be I can't walk up the stairs without getting out of breath. They can be I can't run around with my child. That's what we see all the time. And it's, it's, a, it's a trigger. We all need triggers to get healthy. My own, I'll have a weight trigger that when I hit, I know that it's time to knuckle down and tighten the food a little bit because I have to watch my weight just like everybody else in terms of fitness out of a time that if I run a 5k and I know that I have to run a little bit faster so in terms of starting off make a list five reasons for getting fit and getting healthy make those reasons visible put them somewhere so you can see them with me it's in the front of my diary every single day so I get up at 
quarter to five in the morning, I'll look at my diary at some stage before I start work, and it gives me a reason with which to kick ass and do you know work hard in my day. Um, that's the first thing. You have the reason. Second key thing is um, get a big box, go to your kitchen, fill that box with everything that you know shouldn't be there. You don't need a dietitian to tell you. You'll know. So get the box out, fill it. You can give it away. Give it to your neighbor. Give it to your colleague in work that you don't like. Um, you can give it pretty much wherever you want. But just give it away. Get rid of the stuff out of the house. Anywhere you spend time, you want to spring clean for health. So take all the foods, all the crap, all the sugar, uh, the sugary drinks. Get rid of it. Um, and set yourselves up for success. So go shopping. Get a big food shop done. Once a week should be your food shop. And stock anywhere you spend time. The car, your commute, your bag for your commute. Work and home with all the stuff that you can eat. Keep it simple, real foods that you have to cook with short shelf lives, easy. In terms of exercise, this tends to scare people even more. Start slow. So start slow could be a 10 minute walk. If you haven't walked for 10 years and you find it hard you know, uh, walking to the shops, that could be your goal. Start with 10 minutes, then build it up to 15, build it up to 20. Don't go out today and do an hour if you haven't done it for years and you'll be really sore and you'll be, it'll, turn, it'll demotivate you. So just start small and build it up. Plan it into your week. So map out those sessions during the week. How am I going to do it? What am I going to do? And when am I going to do it? And just make it happen. And then finally, I want you to reward yourself. So you've set some targets. You've mapped out your week. You've done your your, your big spring clean. So for the next seven days, try and work towards those targets. If you hit them between now and the next podcast, if you hit them, reward yourself. That reward, if you're really sad, like me, I'm wearing them today, it could be a pair of sports socks, uh, or it could be a book, or it could be, I'm getting funny eyes from my production team here, they're all looking at me thinking I'm really weird. Uh, but it doesn't happen, people think treats have to be food. They don't, they can be anything. It can be absolutely, I, I set targets all the time, and when we hit them, I give myself a little treat, and the treat could be, if they're if small things, I'm a bit strange. But um, it's that reward, it's that pat on the back for I have done good. When is the last time you said that to yourself? I've set a target, I've hit it, I've done good. I've done a good job, I've worked hard and I'm proud of myself. And the reward component very much sets that up. It's something we do with our clients all the time is we try and get them to a point that they can kind of say that themselves. I say it to them, you've done brilliant, you've done so well. And men lap that up. Women, not so much. They they, they, they always focus on the negative and it takes me weeks and weeks and weeks to get them to, to the point where they're self-confidence, they can be proud of what they've done and say to themselves, you know what, I've done really, really well. So, that's a long answer to the question, but what do you do? Simple. Plan it, set yourself up with success, do the spring clean, and then start slow and build it up. Take it on a week by week by week with small steps, just like you're building a house, build the foundations, then build the first floor, then the second floor, um, and reward yourself as you go along. And trust me, no matter how unfit you are, no matter what age you are, no matter what health, what your waistline is, it doesn't really matter. Anyone of any age, of any fitness, of any waistline, shape, gender, you name it, can improve their health between now and the next podcast, in the next seven days. I absolutely guarantee it. Trust me, this is what I do for a living. Just have a listen to some of the other podcasts. You'll get tips on all different elements of health there, but you just make that start and go for it. Okay, here we are. Final question. Um, <laughs> this one's kind of my soapbox, but let's bring it up anyway. Whose fitness advice should I follow online? All right, so um, I'm not going to say me, by the way. You, first of all, you follow who you, you, you like. That's important. Whose advice you find positive, impactful, uh, empowering, that it improves your day. You don't follow 
someone posting up fo- edited Photoshop photographs of their six pack, which isn't real, or them or their biceps, which aren't ha- are half the size they actually look because it's edited. You don't follow anyone who hasn't got a qualification. You don't follow someone who hasn't got insurance. You don't follow someone who is negative and putting a lot of people down. The whole area of social media is amazing and fabulous. Um, there's a lady I follow in Cork. I met her at a, a wedding recently. Uh, Trisha's Transformation. Check that out on Instagram. She's not a trainer. She is someone who's trying to lose weight. And she's posting up videos of her trying to lose weight. And it's unbelievably motivating. It's incredible. And she's a huge following. I follow her because I'm inspired by what she's trying to do. She's a real person who posts up real photographs and it's sweaty and it's messy and it's inspirational because it's real. So much of the social media component is fake in terms of the influencers and the the, the fitness influencers and, and the health influencers. So much of it is absolute nonsense. And it really bothers me um, to see people taking the advice, to seeing people trying some of the exercises that they're doing without any qualification when I give advice to you, I have insurance, I have experience, I have advice insurance. So when I'm giving advice out over in the newspaper or on a podcast or to a client or on the television or through one of my books, I have insurance against that advice. Plus, I know the advice I'm giving will work for anyone of any level of fitness. I've seen so many of these accounts and it concerns me um, with what is being pushed out there. It is not real and it's uh, it, it sure as hell is fake. If you happen to see um, the uh, fit fam failures. The Instagram account it's now closed, unfortunately, or shut down. But they were exposing a lot of the fitness bloggers for what they're doing with in terms of fake followers, fake accounts, and fake photographs. So be wary. I'm not putting fit- social media down. Certainly not. We use it ourselves. And again, check our list out on Sunday. They're really, you'll see how popular they are. But just follow people who inspire you. Follow people who in, who improve your life. Who you follow on social media will have a direct impact on your mental health, your physical health your food, what you eat, and what you don't eat. Because if you're looking at some of them and they're putting you in a bad mood or they're making you feel insecure or they're making you feel um, incompetent that you can't achieve what they're achieving, you're going to react the way anyone else would and that's a negative way. So in terms of who do you follow, well, here's my checklist. It doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be, it can be anybody. Just make sure they're qualified. Make sure they're experienced and make sure they're giving out advice that is that can improve your life and not disimprove your life. And as I said, check out Trisha's uh, transformation. She's amazing. There's loads of other people. David Gillick is an obvious one. He's brilliant. Uh, Dominic Minnelli, fantastic. There's loads of brilliant, brilliant people out there, but equally there are loads of people who aren't. So filter your social media, and that's a very, very important tool um, for overall health. And these are, you know, it's it's a crucial thing. We spend so much time online, so much time on our phone, uh, that you really have to be careful with who you follow. Okay, folks, so let's recap. So in terms of volume two for the questions episode, we went through five really popular questions. Are diet foods actually healthy? No. Post-pregnancy, what should you do and what and when should you do it? See your GP, generally eight to 10 weeks, but you get your GP to sign you off. Intermittent fasting, is it healthy or not? Uh, the 12-hour window, eat all your meals within a 12-hour time frame, ideally. It's not going to work seven days a week, but it'll certainly work most of it, and it stops you, stops you snacking in the evening, which is great. Uh, you're scared to start, what should you do? Just don't be scared. Make that start. Start small, set reward, set targets, and reward yourself when you hit it. And finally, whose fitness advice should you follow? That's the key. That's the obvious one there. My favorite one, it is follow people that are experienced, follow people who have insurance and qualifications. Really, really important. 
Folks, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Real Health Podcast. I know I certainly do. I love seeing the questions coming in um, over the course of the week when the podcasts go out. As ever, it's hashtag Real Health Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. It's Real Health Podcast at independent.ie for your questions. Um, and any questions you do have or any guests you would like or topics you would like for us to do, um, just let us know. We're always looking for new topics and uh, we're trying to deliver what our listeners want. And thankfully, we've loads of listeners. We've had over 300,000 listens so far. And I'm absolutely so, so proud of all the team here at the Real Health Podcast. As ever, have an amazing week and I'll see you very, very soon. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. <laughs>